Hello, my friends, and welcome to today's Take Heart. Um, we just passed a terrible milestone yesterday, over 100,000 deaths. And some estimates are it's more like 120,000. And that is an utter tragedy. And that is a cause for mourning and for grieving, and literally for many people. Uh, and one of the questions that people, different friends ask me, and I ask them if I'm honest, and I ask myself is, what is going on? What is the Lord doing in this? Why is this happening? And my first answer is, the Lord didn't cause this. I, I, some of my friends say that he did, believe that he did, but I don't think the Lord caused um, all this pain and suffering. It, it's the result of the fall. It's the result of our sin. Uh, but I think God is in it and God wants to speak to his church through it and he wants to strengthen us and God specializes in bringing good out of evil. He, he Somehow he manages to do it. And uh, uh, one of my favorite verses is Romans eight twenty eight. For we know, says Paul, we know that in all things, God works together for the good of those. God works all things together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. He doesn't cause all things together, but he works them together. And uh, we see that. I love I love the life of Joseph. Now, I'm no, there's no way in seven minutes or so I'm going to be able to tell you all about the life of Joseph. But here's one thing that God did. Joseph when he was a young man of 17, his father loved him more than any of the other brothers. And that's usually fatal for any human being <laughs> to be the favourite. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't do any of us any good uh, in that sense. And Joseph was puffed up. He had special privileges and he had a couple of dreams and the dreams were from God, but he interpreted them in a very individualistic way, in a very Joseph-centred way. And he said to his brothers and his mum and dad, um, I saw you all kneeling before me in a circle and I was standing tall and uh, I was above you and it was all about me. And, and it's like, Joseph, how can you get there? How can you interpret it like that? And sometimes we even interpret God's will uh, in a very individualistic way. You know, most of the promises in the Bible are not for a person, they're for a people. Uh, they're for a group, they're for, they're for a church, they were for Israel. And uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, receiving some of those promises uh, for me. There's nothing wrong with that. But when we're constantly doing it as only for me and only about me, uh, the, the heart of Christianity, the centre of Christianity is not Mike Pilavachi. It's Jesus Christ. Um, and as John the Baptist said, he must increase, I must decrease. I want to get out of his way. I want to honour him. I want him to be the centre of attention. Well, anyway, with Joseph, uh, he interpreted them in that way. And uh, what what do you do if your brothers and, and your brother says that you're all going to be bowing down before you? Well, any self-respecting set of brothers would, they, they did what, what, anyone would do they sold him into slavery and uh, Joseph as a young man of 17 who was pampered who had everything he was ripped from his family he was in a foreign country and he became a slave in Egypt 
And he must have thought, what has gone wrong? Everything has gone wrong. How did I end up here? God, you promised me. How many times have I heard uh, Christians say, God, you promised me and it never happened. And it's like, well, the answer is it hasn't happened yet. Um, and maybe this is part of the journey. But anyway, he ends up a slave in at the house of Mr. Potiphar. And um, here's the beginning of the lessons that Joseph learns in Genesis um, chapter 39. Um, uh, we read we read this. Um, uh, the Lord was with Joseph and so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. First of all, the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, not in the place that he wanted. He, the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered in Egypt as a slave instead of his, with his family as the favourite son. God can prosper you in the most difficult places. And then we read this. Um, from the time that when Potiphar noticed that Joseph was good at stuff. Uh, he put him in charge of his household. And listen to this. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, uh, both in his house and in the field. So the God was with Joseph and he prospered and who got blessed? Potiphar, Potiphar and his household. I think that was the first hint. I'm blessing you, you're prospering, and look who's getting the blessing. It's not for you, Joseph, it's for others. When I anoint you, it's for others. When I bless you, it's not just for yourself, because that's not how I work, because I am always for others. I'm always loving others, and that's what I call my people to do. And uh, then, as you know, uh, Mrs. Potiphar took a shine to Joseph. She wanted to go to bed with him. He said no. And she accused him of rape. And they believed him. They believed her and not him. And then her second injustice, he was put into the deepest dungeon of Egypt and he was left there languishing. From the moment he was sold by his brothers to the time he came out of prison, it was 13 years, 13 years of hell. He, he, he went into slavery at 17 and he came out of prison at 30. And while he was in prison, he still had dreams and he interpreted dreams. And uh, uh, he, um, he interpreted one of um, uh, Pharaoh's servants' dreams in the prison. And as a result, he came out and he interpreted Pharaoh's dreams and Pharaoh made him prime minister of Egypt. He made him his right hand man. And then in the famine, uh, there was the feasting first, the seven years of plenty. And then in the seven years of famine, Joseph kept Egypt going. God was with Joseph. And who was blessed? Pharaoh was blessed. He became the richest man in the world. God was with Joseph and who was blessed? Egypt was blessed. They, they, were, they became so rich. God was with Joseph and anointed Joseph and who was blessed? His brothers were blessed. His brothers who sold him into slavery. To cut a long story very short because of the time. 
his brothers ended up coming because they were hungry and they were desperate and in the famine they had nothing and Joseph reveals himself to them and they're frightened because they thought he was dead and then he says this in chapter 45 then Joseph said to his brothers uh, come close to me I'm your brother Joseph the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land and for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. Do you see Joseph gets it at the end? I'm here because of you. And what I love about that story is, is at the beginning, Joseph was an arrogant young man and God wanted to use Joseph. And so God wanted to melt Joseph. He wanted to mold Joseph. And so he allowed him to go through 13 years of suffering in order to be refined. And at the end, for Joseph, his anointing, his blessing wasn't about him. When his brothers bowed down before him, as the dream originally said, as God said they would, you know what? He didn't lord it over them. He didn't say, ha ha, see guys. No, he knelt down with them and he wept and wept because he had his family back. He forgave them. And he said, God sent me here. And in those days, who was sent ahead? It was the servants that were sent ahead of their masters to, to prepare for their masters. And that's exactly, that's exactly what Joseph did. And so for us as the church, if we will listen, God, what are you saying to us in this time? And I want to suggest very quickly, I haven't got any time left, uh, but I want to suggest very quickly that maybe, maybe he's saying, Realise you're here for the sake of others. Realise that you're here to bless the community around you. Realise you're here not to hate your enemies, but to love your enemies and to turn them into friends. You're here to forgive your brothers and sisters. You're here to be a family. At the end, Joseph had his family. That was the greatest blessing. Not that he was prime minister of Egypt, but that he had his family around him. And he's calling us as a church to be a family for the sake of others, to be a people who love one another so that the world might know that we are his disciples. He brings good out of evil. If we will notice, if we will ask and if we will allow him to change us in the midst of the suffering. These have been really tough days for all of us. Um, all of us, and they are tough days and we're not over it yet. Lord Jesus, may you mould me, may you change me, may you refine me in these days. And Lord, out of this, may I be able to say that you worked all these things somehow in the midst of evil and a plague. You worked it for good for those who love you who are called according to your purpose. God bless you, my friends. Speak soon.